0: We are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world, and it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about giving all of yourself. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice to change lives. Every single week, let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the truest and shiniest versions of ourselves? and of our clients. We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. I am so happy you're here today because we are going to cover a very powerful strategy that not only improves speech, it also improves language, literacy and social skills. The strategy we're referring to is known as temporal cueing. And temporal cueing is basically using your gestures and space to convey information. So when you look at your practice and you look at your therapy sessions, I want you to answer this question. Are you talking more or are you showing more through gestures and visual means when you're conveying information to your clients? I'm hoping that your answer is that you're showing more through gestures and through actions than you are talking when you're working with your clients. And we're going to talk about that today and why it's so important to talk less and show more if we want to see gains in our clients. And these gains are not only in speech, we're talking about gains in speech, language, literacy, and social skills. We can do this by talking less and showing more through temporal cueing. So as I just mentioned, temporal cueing is using your gestures in space to convey information. And we can use it in so many different ways in speech therapy. Let me give you some examples. So this week I have a theme of the letter B and playing ball. What am I gonna do as far as literacy is concerned to improve phonemic awareness? How can I show children the letter B sound? Well, what I would do with my body is it would rock a baby. So the letter B sound would be like this. And it would have the children as well engage in the movement of rocking a baby with their child and making the B sound as they rock the baby. So what I'm doing here is I'm going beyond the auditory. Many of the children we work with have auditory processing difficulties. We're going to instead are capitalize on their visual strengths and their tactile learning and their kinesthetic learning and use a multimodal approach by having them rock the baby as they phonemically produce the letter B sound. This is what temporal cueing looks like when we're improving the phonemic awareness skills. Now let's look at another way we can use temporal cueing. Suppose we're using temporal cueing for speech production purposes. So we know many of the children with autism spectrum disorders have difficulty with the letter B sound. Now what my research has suggested is this is for two reasons. One, the B sound is very short. It's an oral stop in our language, and it's about 30 milliseconds long. It's very, very short. So it's very hard to perceive it if you have auditory perception difficulties, which many of the children with autism do. The second reason the letter B sound is difficult is the letter B is a labial sound. And what I've also found in my research is that children with autism spectrum disorder do not develop like typically developing children do. Instead, they have difficulty with the labial sounds. Typically children, developing children, labial sounds are of the first that are developed, P, B, and M. However, that is not the case with children with autism spectrum disorder. This may have to do with motor impairments that it's estimated up to 90% of children with autism spectrum disorder have. So when motor develops, first the core develops, then the gross motor develops. And lastly, the fine motor develops. The lips are fine motor. So if you have a generalized motor impairment, you may have difficulty moving the lips. So what I found is the P, B, and M, because they're stop sounds, which make them really short, and they're also labial sounds, which make them a fine motor movement, which is very difficult for someone with motor impairment, are especially difficult for many children with autism spectrum disorder in particular. So what do I need to do to get that lip closure? A lot of times if I'm doing the sound with the letter B, I'll have them hold their mouth hand up to their mouth so that they can feel the mouth close. So if they're doing the B for the letter B this week, it would be b And they actually have to hold the hand to the mouth so they can feel that their lips are closed because of proprioception difficulties that many of them have. So this way I have here a cue that is a tactile cue that the child uses on themselves. But for them, it's a temporal cue because I'm showing them in space what to do by me bringing my hand to my mouth and I'm showing them the B sound in that manner. So it's a temporal cue that improves speech sound production. The next way we can use temporal cue is to aid in word retrieval. So suppose the word is ball. And the child is having difficulty thinking of the word. If I can visually show them the word, perhaps by signing the word ball, which looks like you're creating a ball with your hand, that'll help in the ideation and the figuring, okay, what word do I need to say? It looks like this. Oh, that's a ball. So I'm helping with the word retrieve on that way. So by creating a ball with my hands, I'm helping them retrieve that vocabulary. So let's think of another way that temporal cues can be useful. Another way in word retrieval is the word because. Because is a very nice tear-to vocabulary word that promotes complex sentences. I feel this way because of X. So I wanna encourage that word because to become part of their vocabulary and even automatic. So what I'll do is I might hold my hand in front of my lips to show that B sound to help them with the word retrieval and saying, giving them that first initial sound because and giving them that temporal cue in which in space I'm visually giving information of how to start that word because to complete a complex sentence and to further elongate their sentences. So they will give me a simple sentence. Let's carry it on and make make it longer. And I can add, because and go on with them and give them some cueing temporarily to improve their syntax. So what we looked at so far is I can use the temporal cue to improve their phonemic awareness and what the letter B sounds like by rocking a baby. I can use also the cue of the B and how to produce the B sign by holding the hand in front of my lips and modeling in space how to produce the sound B. I can help them in terms of vocabulary Larry, by making a ball with my hands and helping them retrieve that word ball and the fact that they can see it and helping with the ideation. All of this, I don't have to say anything. I can show them with my hands. And I can also improve their syntax and their language by using that important conjunction because to form complex sentences in which I can sound out with my hand, the beginning of the word because using the B sound. So you can see how temporal cueing is extremely powerful in improving multiple modalities of literacy, speech, language. Let's talk about how I can improve behavior. So suppose the behavior rule that I want them to follow is to keep their hands to themselves. What I could do is I can put my hands to myself and kind of a Basket, I'll stick with the letter B format and say, oh, uh, uh uh And then they can see, okay, the rule is keep your hands to yourself. I can see the temporal cue. She's making a basket and interweaving her fingers together. So you can see how temporal cueing is so powerful. And I'm not giving them any of the words, I'm not doing that job for them, the heavy lifting of coming up with the words, coming up with the ideation of what the word is, coming up with the word retrieval and retrieving the word, coming up with the the working memory of having to remember what are the words and how do I sequence these words to create sentences or how do I sequence these words to describe a process? I'm not giving them that. I'm helping them by giving them visual support through using gestures with my hands. They are doing the heavy lifting. They are doing the hard part. We can't do a child's push-ups for them. That won't help them get stronger watching us do their push-ups. We have to let them do the push-ups by themselves, but we can give them support through temporal cueing. So when I don't give them the words and I give them the visual, this is the process that they are going through themselves. Number one, ideation, where they're coming up with the word themselves. So when I create the ball, signing the ball with my hand they're coming up with the ideation the word ball number two word retrieval they're retrieving the word themselves number three a working memory they are taking that word ball and they're organizing it within a sentence and where it belongs in the sentence themselves instead of me simply giving them the sentence and doing that job for them Number four, they're going to have to come up with the motor planning. Where am I going to have to put my mouth in order to create those words? Number five, they have to come up with the motor programming. How exactly am I going to produce those words? How am I going to move my articulators in space to make it happen? Number six, execution. They're going to have to figure out how to use this complex speech system to execute the word themselves. So if I'm giving them the word, I'm taking all of that wonderful, educationally rich learning opportunity away from them. So that's why I want to say less and show more because these children are not going to get stronger if I'm doing their push ups for them. They have to do the push ups themselves. But what we can do is we can support them through temporal cueing so that they're not stuck, so that they can get started, so that they can continue on, so that they can take it to completion, so that they can get stronger. So temporal cueing is extremely powerful and it's a very worthwhile skill to master because it's going to up your game as a speech language pathologist, not in one area but in every area. It's going to allow you to better support the child to ensure success so that this child can, this child, not you, so that this child can perform at this child's highest level. So when we're talking about temporal cueing, it's something that you want to master for two reasons. One, Actions speak louder than words. With temporal cues, the more you show and the less you talk, the more the child is learning. Because learning needs to be an active process, not a passive process. We don't want the child simply parroting what we say. We want the child to go through that educationally rich step of forming the idea, retrieving the word, doing the working memory, strengthening the working memory and having multiple ideas in their mind and putting those ideas in order and then doing the motor pro planning and figuring out where does my mouth need to move in order to make these ideas come to fruition? In the motor programming it, how do I need to move the articulators to make it happen? And finally, the execution and making it happen. We do so much more through our actions, through our words. So when you look at your therapy sessions, if you wanna know how much am I helping this child? You can simply ask the question, how much am I talking? Versus how much am I showing? And if you say, I'm showing so much more than I'm talking, and this child is talking so much more than I am, you know that this child is getting stronger and you know that you are providing support so that this child is performing at the child's challenge point, at the child's highest level. And we know that challenge creates change. So if we are doing all of the talking for the child, the child's not being challenged. And similarly, if we are not doing the showing for the child and providing that support by giving them that visual support to compensate for auditory processing difficulties, then we cannot help the child perform at the challenge point that they're capable of. We want this child performing at the highest level that this child possibly can. So we're gonna show with temporal cueing to give them that bridge, to give them that scaffold so that they can go to the highest level possible. Secondly, we want to remember that temporal cueing is not only about improving speech, we can improve speech literacy, language, and behavior through temporal cueing. Because temporal cueing allows the child to be an active learner, not a passive learner. They are the ones formulating the language. What you're doing is you're providing the supports so that they can perform at the highest level possible. And when they perform at the highest level possible, that's when change ensues. This is how we create lifelong change. At the preschool level, you are rewiring the brain when neuroplasticity is at its highest level through challenge. Challenge creates change in the brain. Status quo does not. So let's roll up our sleeves. We're gonna roll up our sleeves and we're gonna go out and we're gonna change some lives. If you like this podcast, make sure to give it a glowing review and share it with a friend. I'll see you next Thursday.